Hi everyone, this is a little note before we start the podcast today. Um, Firstly, to apologise for my free and easy use of the word medieval throughout this recording. I can only really blame uh, blame the alcohol, but I was just throwing around that word medieval this way that way so um it's not entirely accurate so just a little caveat there um and the other thing is uh we have some visual accompaniments to this episode on our blog page at ruthistranger.co.uk why not look while you listen have a look at all the lovely pictures i'm describing and um listen to my foolish opinions on them as we go okay i think that's it enjoy the episode Hello everyone, welcome to Ruth is Stranger Than Fiction. Today we have for you another mini stranger, brought to you during lockdown. For Chris and I, we're just recording straight on from the Elizabeth Woodcock episode. Um, so we've still got our same brandy. Chris is making a brandy face. The fumes just went in my eyes. The, <laughs> the fumes have bamboozled him. Um, and I was thinking about singing a song about Elizabeth Woodcock to the tune of Eleanor Rigby. Are you even allowed to use the tune of a song? No. So I can't sing it no, here and now. No, let's not do it. Chris is worried about the syllables. Um, we've also just discovered that we've got more bottle openers than necessary upstairs in this room, and I don't know how they all came to be here. One bottle opener up here is sensible because we are quite often opening bottles up here, but I don't know why we've got two now. Well, it's probably just an accident. I know, but does that mean where are the other? Where's what's in the kitchen? I'm panicking. We own enough bottle openers. Oh, I, I really don't wouldn't know. worry about it. I worry we own too many now if there's just one in every room. I've got to say, this isn't first-class material. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, everyone. Uh, hello. Hope you're all good. I've gone a bit off-piece today. The next selection is not something we've really done before, but it was suggested to me by my friend Emily, uh, who is in lockdown in Walthamstow. Uh, hello, Emily. But she's originally from Suffolk, and she asked me if I'd heard of this thing which I hadn't before, but now I have. Uh, and I think you can you can hear as well. So today's topic is the Weniston Doom. Bam, bam, bam. What do you think? Sounds more suspense than doom. Um, the Weniston Doom would just be like accompanied by some, you know, sunno. Like that. Yeah. I think that's how you say it, Weniston. I looked it up. It's spelt Wenhaston, but you wouldn't say it like that. Only if you were a, a, a non-East Anglian. Right. Would you say it? You would You would have uh, given yourself away as being when from Haston. the area. Um, and this actually, this episode is sort of about art. Oh. I know. So normally we have, well, what have we had so far? Quite a lot of murder. We've had strange folktale figures. Uh, we've had weird stories. Uh, but this is this is about art today. Chris is really stony-faced looking at me like I've made no, a terrible just, choice. I was just puzzling as to what doom might mean in the context of this. Well, the interesting thing is, 
my art history degree was obviously a complete waste of time because I had never heard the word doom in this context. But what it actually means, it refers to a, a painting, a kind of painting, right. doom paintings, which are basically last judgments. Okay. But particularly from the medieval period. Right. So proper fire and brimstone stuff. Yeah, quite fiery, quite brimstony. Yeah, so last judgments I think more people will be familiar with, which is the scene of the end of days where every soul is is judged uh, and then sent to either he- heaven or hell. I, I'm not religious, so for me this is just like a fun story. <laughs> but I appreciate for some people it has slightly more... They're living their uh, lives in terror of yeah, the prospect. It has a horrible existential significance, which which for me it doesn't. So I was, I was a bit embarrassed that I'd never heard the term doom before to refer to doom paintings, this kind of painting. Uh, but it's quite an archaic use of the word now. Mm. But it's... From the kind of medieval period, it was it was used, I think, from about 1200 to refer to this particular kind of painting. It would be specifically in a church, usually on the altar wall of the church. So it would be the thing that you saw during the sermons and things. Um, and the idea of uh, doom paintings, it will show you heaven and hell. Right, top so, and bottom. Top and bottom, only they're on left and right. So the typical um, format of a doom painting is at the top in the middle you have Christ because he's overseeing the whole stuff. <laughs> the whole he, I thought scene. St Peter did all that business. St Peter's involved, but he's not at the top. Right, he's like a backup guy. Uh, he, Yeah, <laughs> he's like a lieutenant. <laughs> he's a creative midfielder rather than the uh, goal scorer. Uh, yeah, but I don't think you'd call Jesus the goal scorer. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> Jesus is more like the, the uh, manager? The manager, okay, yeah. right. Isn't God the manager? No, God's God's the owner. God's God's the Premier League. <laughs> I'm not sure it works as an analogy. But what I can tell you for sure is Jesus is not the striker. Right, okay. Um <laughs> I don't know who's the striker. Mm. Think on. Think I'm, I'll I'll come back to it. Um so <laughs> typically it wants to show a contrast between heaven and hell yeah. because, of course, the idea is to, to make you... Deter people from wanting to go to hell. Yeah, exactly, make you make the right decision. Um, so usually you have Christ at the top, the left-hand side of the image as you look at it, but which is to Christ's right-hand side is where hell goes. Is that anything to do with the historical ideas of, like, left, good, right, bad? I think uh, so. The way around, sorry, right, good, left, bad. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then to Christ's left, you will get the... What did I say before? Yeah, you said it's on our left-hand side, Christ's right-hand side is yeah, hell. Yeah, that's, no. Heaven goes to Christ's right. Right. Hell oh, goes right. to Christ's left. So as we look at the painting, yeah. say we were reading it, yeah. like um, uh, reading English script, yeah. we'd first see heaven yeah. and then on the other side would be right. hell. Um, you usually also get the Virgin Mary. She appears kind of flanking Christ um, and also John the Baptist, I think. Oh, yeah. But maybe John the Apostle. Oh, but are they what, the same? I don't know. You also get in the painting usually the archangel Michael. You realise the whole way through this, I'm just working out where they are on the team. Oh God, who's what? Okay, tell me, tell me more. Who's the Virgin Mary? Yeah, well, that's what I can't work out. Maybe she's the. Um, you remember the uh, female physio at Chelsea that uh, Mourinho <laughs> had the argument with? Yes. Maybe that's her. She uh, runs on with a bucket and a sponge. I think that would be Mary Magdalene. Oh yeah, she was but all into Mary cleaning. Mary Magdalene's wasn't she? not in the dooms, but. <laughs> Maybe that would She's be She's been her. written out of them. And the Archangel Michael does the weighing of the souls. Right. So who would he be? The referee. 
Of course. Ah, <laughs> oh, of course. And also, usually, you get the devil is quite often there. Right. I don't know who the devil would be. Mm, the opposition man- manager. <laughs> or the referee. Roy Keane. <laughs> Oh, but de- the devil is always the fun one. <laughs> Don't want Rakeen to be the fun one. So you get, there's the kind of standard format and the standard figures that appear. But within that format, the artist can pretty much do what they want. But as I say, they're, they're on behind the altar, on the altar wall in a church. So the idea is you really want to show the contrast between uh, heaven and hell. The most creative bit uh, is always hell because (laughs) that's the side where they can you know really do some fun demons with like weird faces and you can depict bosh stuff yeah bosh stuff you can depict the kind of horrible torments that happen in hell whereas the heaven side is usually you know you get your kind of pale colors it's quite serene the the composition playing the harp there well there's quite often um you will see like gates or a kind of castle structure and then you people go into there and there's a kind of angel in there and it all looks very serene and peaceful um yeah the color scheme will be quite calm and then hell side is all reds blacks uh everyone's all contorted yeah fun stuff going on weird <laughs> devils and demons that kind of thing so the the, the hell side is, i mean presumably it didn't look more fun to people in the the middle ages or it would have defeated the point but um <laughs> so you want it's they're quite dramatic you know they're dramatic images just to give a, a bit of an idea globally the most famous doom painting although i had never heard it referred to as such till till this week is the last judgment in the sistine chapel michelangelo's last judgment that's quite late that's a late example that was completed in 1541 i don't care for it it's obviously incredibly accomplished but it's really blue so the whole the color scheme is the same for the whole thing and all the figures look quite similar which means it looks quite symmetrical and nice but it's not I don't think you get that good contrast of lovely heaven horrifying scary chaotic hell on the other side so I don't care for it that's just my just my opinion on the Sistine Chapel (laughs) (laughs) I have been there Lovely. You just have to keep moving. On a travel it's, it's really busy, so you just are walking through, like craning your head up, trying not to bump into the person in front of you and still look at everything all around. So, yeah, it's a strange experience. But there is one in Italy that is much more fun, just to, again as an example, by Fra Angelico. This was from about, I think, 100 years earlier than Michelangelo's. Um, and he's gone really full hell Fra Angelico has. This is in Florence that this can be found. And that's got clearly some influence from Dante's Divine Comedy, uh-huh. which you know you have the nine circles. Yeah, loosely. So the Divine Comedy is a massive poem. Yeah. I believe maybe we'll say an epic poem. Not massive. <laughs> <laughs> It's really massive Uh, and it's got different sections to it, one of which is the Inferno, which is... At the centre of all the circles. Yeah, and then you have the nine circles of hell which deal with different types of sinners and the sins will accord to... uh, Sorry, the punishments will try and fit the the sin, basically. Like the film Seven. But it's, yeah, this for Angelico, Last Judgment, is really good fun. Um, there's some sinners being boiled in a massive cauldron. Uh, there's another little bit on it where there's people are, like, chewing on their own flesh and there's blood <laughs> spurting out of them. What was their sin? 
Uh, I don't know. Or maybe gluttony? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Um, everyone's naked. Right. In all of these dooms. Well, it's too hot for clothes. Well, but they're naked in heaven. Oh, okay. As well. Well. Or mostly. Too saucy. <laughs> or just you know your clothes heaven's just a massive orgy and uh hell is too much like a that's, hot kitchen that's the opposite message is that, it okay they want to convey. i think i've misunderstood <laughs> but yeah there's some people being boiled there's the classic kind of demons jabbing at people yeah. with sharp forks and knives down at the bottom of that one in hell is a massive black devilish figure like all painted black with the classic horns and uh, he's like just cramming body parts into his mouth <laughs> all around him there's like limbs a head just all on the floor scattered about where he's been like stuffing excrement his, stuffing his face with sinners basically um so that's quite fun i'll i'll put some photos up i think if i can um so that gives you a kind of an idea about dooms and they would be yeah to scare a, a person don't sin or look, the devil's going to stuff you in his mouth hmm. and you'll get put in a big cauldron. And then you probably still won't be dead. Yeah. You'll just be going through that. Oh, you'll just get shat out by the devil. Yeah, you, you'll have seen the devil's intestines. Oh, God. What a nightmare. And then the whole process starts again. Whereas in hell, in heaven, you don't have to see anyone's intestines. <laughs> Not even from the outside. <laughs> you don't, no one even has intestines in heaven. There's no toileting. You don't need them. Oh, dear. Um, you can't digest a cloud. <laughs> They're not eating clouds in heaven. Well, what are they eating? Well, you don't need to eat anything. Yeah, I suppose so. Where's the pleasure in that? Well, I suppose it depends what your definition of, of pleasure is. You're not having pleasure in heaven. You're just, you know, you're content, aren't you? Mm, I suppose so. I don't know enough about this to, to <laughs> I think speculate. I think what is clear is that neither of us do. <laughs> so let's get to our more local doom and the village of Weniston, which is in northeastern Suffolk. Um, it's a small village on the River Blythe. I didn't look up how to say Blythe, but I'm assuming it's Blythe. B-L-Y-T-H, like yeah. Blythe Power. You wouldn't say Blythe, would you? No, Blythe. And the River Blythe th- flows through Suffolk and it comes out into the ocean by Warburswick and Southwold. Oh, yeah. In fact, it's I've, not far I've from uh, walked from uh, Dunwich up to Warburswick and I believe you have to cross that little estuary where the uh, the river comes uh, out. Oh, yeah. Um, Dunwich is fun. One day we'll learn about Dunwich. Mm, or went in the sea. Dunwich is a village that, it just fell in the sea, did it? Yeah, pretty much. Overnight, pretty much. Just fell in the sea. Yeah. Wow. That's quite fun. Not for the people living there. They got out, though. Did they fall in too? I, I don't know. Oh, no. Some of them might have done. Yeah, so it's just a small village, a pretty kind of ordinary Suffolk village. Within the village is the Church of St. Peter's. Again, Looks very unremarkable, just a kind of small, classic medieval stone church. Not particularly big or exciting, uh, nothing particularly notable about it. It was only with a completely accidental and astonishing discovery in 1892 that Weniston became of any note beyond the, the local area. Much to the surprise of locals, I might add. Some of whom had presumably lived there for generations. Yeah, generations. So in 1892, it was decided that some serious renovation work needed to be done on the church, which was in a pretty bad condition. One of the decisions that they made was to install a new timber chancel arch. Now, I have been learning some words about church architecture. Do you know what the chancel is? Um, I've heard it. I guess it's a bit of a church, but I can't be any more specific <laughs> well, than I've that. Well, I've given you that clue already. Um, <laughs> the chancel house is a thing, isn't it? <laughs> no, that's a charnel house. Uh, that's where you burn up bodies. Uh, <laughs> it's 
that not part of a church? No. Um, the chancel is the part of the church that has the altar in. Okay. So that's the part of the church where the clergy would be. Right. The kind of end, you know, when you walk into a church at the opposite end, you can see the altar and you can see the chancel. You've been in a church. Yeah, I mean, I come from a completely unreligious family, so I have no history in my life of going to church and I've only really been to church for the odd wedding and once a christening when I was a child that I cried the whole way through and had to be removed. So I don't know a lot about Was it churches. your own christening? No, I'm not christened. <laughs> that's, you know. um, well, I have been into more churches because having been an art history student yeah. when I was younger, you see quite a lot of churches. But yeah, I kind of understand the basic thing yeah. of where the altar is. And you know the, the layout of a church is very, it's very a cross, fixed. And it's always east yeah. facing. Yeah, so it's so it's a standard template. I do, of course, work in a converted church. So um, Oh, well, come that. on. There's no altar anymore, though. Come on now. But you're in the crypt. Yes. I got really excited about Chris working in a crypt, and then I visited. I was like, this is not a crypt. This no. is just a, a room, <laughs> a disappointing room that's underground, so it doesn't have any windows. That's enough to make it a crypt. So the chancel is the little space at the end where you have the altar. I apologise if I get any of this religious stuff wrong. As I say, don't know that much. Did some brief reading. You'll go on some hit lists. Yeah, I might go on a hit list. There's also a thing called a, a tympanum, which is at the like a decorative shape, like <laughs> a semicircle shape. Right. Which would kind of be at the top, at the back. Like recessed into the wall? Oh no. Well now it's that's a question too far. Oh, okay. But on, <laughs> on the wall. Yeah, I think. Oh, you can't just have a, you know, it's not just a, a suspended okay. semicircle in the middle, right? Well, something's going to be suspended. Soon. Oh, okay. Oh, dear. So anyway, they they want to put in a new chancel arch. So they're like, to, to get that in, we need to take out the old wood that's in there, the yeah. old tympanum that's in there. And we're just going to start again. We won't bother restoring it. The tympanum is the top of the arch then, is it? Y- yeah. <laughs> well, that was oh, a question. So many questions. Sorry. I'll draw a little diagram. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll put it on something. So the what they took out was the old tympanum, which was wood. It's um, like whitewashed wood. So they pulled all that out. We'll just fling that in the graveyard and we'll get on with restoring the rest of the church. So they flung that outside. I guess they were like, we'll deal with it later. We'll throw it away or we'll dispose of it, whatever. Overnight, it rained. They came back in the morning and they saw that the rain had started to wash off the whitewash that right. had been painted onto the wood. And underneath the whitewash, they could see starting to emerge some colours and shapes. And they thought, hang on, something under here. Something's going on under here. Luckily, someone had the presence of mind to think that probably means we shouldn't get rid of it. <laughs> we should probably kind of work out what's, what's happening and that it might be something significant. So the rest of the whitewash was kind of properly and carefully removed and underneath it emerged on this wooden panelling was a doom painting, estimated after it had been studied and things, to have been originally painted and installed in around 1500 to 1520. So very old medieval uh, doom painting which had just been covered over, forgotten about, nobody knew it had been there. And then the rain just washed it off. Huh. Isn't that fun? Yeah. And amazing. A bit like the uh, the whale. Mm, the whale. Yes, I can't remember the Thingy artist. Whale. The the whale that Chris refers to is a painting in the Fitzwilliam Museum, which was a beach scene, quite a small painting. I think it's Dutch. I can't remember the artist or the year, but it's a Dutch Dutch painting um, of a beach scene. And they were they took it for cleaning 
And as they were cleaning it, they did a a scan, an X-ray scan, and they could see that there was something on, there was a, a, a shape on the painting that wasn't visible on the painting surface. Um, and so they started to clean it and then they were like, hang on, there might be something here. And the, the composition was a bit strange because it was lots of people on a beach, but with kind of a gap in the middle, which was just beach. And it wasn't really clear what the people were doing. Um, and as they cleaned it and as they started to restore it um, and looked at these x-rays, they realised that there had originally been a beached whale. So the whole point of this painting was that it was a painting of a whale that had washed ashore. It was from an actual event. And all the people in the painting were like looking at this beached whale. And that's what they were doing. And that had been completely painted out by a later, let's not say a later artist, <laughs> some wanker had painted the whale out. Yeah, amazing. And that, that was a few years ago that got um, that got revealed. So now you can see it in its um, original splendour. And they reckon that was because beach whales were thought to be a bad omen. So they didn't want to have it visible. Um, anyway, back to the, back to, the So, But just by accident. Yeah, found, it just rained on this uh, whitewash. It just rained. What if it hadn't rained that night? Yeah, they'd have burnt it probably. <sighs> probably. Who knows what would have happened. The circumstances in which it was discovered are quite remarkable. Uh, but it's also considered to be quite a significant example of a doom painting mm. in this country. Partly because it's very vivid, the colours have survived very well. If you look at it, the reds especially. I should say I haven't seen it in real life, so I'm looking at pictures. This is based on pictures. Uh, the reds are very vivid, but the browns are also still quite clear, the greys, the greens. Um, so the colours are, are really still very strong. Um, and also the detail is really good, and especially on the figures, the naked people. Does Remember, it depict, naked. depict anything uh, particularly special or um, you know unique the, to this example? The, are the tortures um, you know incurred by well, the uh, people? It's quite small if you think that this was a village church, mm. like a village parish church, uh, so that you haven't got the scale of the Fra Angelico, which was for a, a really big space. So he got to like go to town with his with his hellish tortures. So the space is small so you have to get a lot of ideas into quite a small space right. you really have to show it so just like small torches so well paper cut. um <laughs> i will tell you about about hell on it but what's also significant is not exactly what the images are but the composition see how i know about art history words yeah composition i mean i hope so too after Imagery. all those years of studying all those years of studying don't know what dean painting was um <laughs> So, we have to think again about church architecture. <laughs> I'm thinking. So, think about it quickly. So, you've got your chancel. Yeah. And then you've got your main church. Yeah. Is that called the, the nave? The body of the church? I think it's called the nave. Where all the people sit. Yeah, the, the lay people. What there used to be in most churches when it was Catholic times, you know, mm. is something called a rood screen. <laughs> R-O-O-D, rood screen. Uh, and the rood screen was designed to separate the clergy from the lay people. Because right. obviously in um, Catholic uh, ideology, that's quite a big thing. They didn't want to look at the proles. Well, not so much that they didn't look at them, but that they, you know, you've got your tiny group of people. And it's they, all about hierarchy. Exactly. It's all about hierarchy. They're the ones that um, that bring the voice of God to the people. Like the Bible used to just be published in Latin, Latin so yeah. that most people Stop couldn't read it. Stop reading it. So that was it was quite a big thing was this division between clergy and people and the rood screen helped to make that into a physical manifestation. 
The word rude apparently comes from Old English for pole, uh, which is the only word in Old English that they had to describe the crucifix. Oh, right. Or the the cross that Jesus was crucified on. And later they brought in the word like cross and that kind of thing. But so rude comes from that word because... I thought it might, with double O, it's a bit kind of Dutch sounding almost, isn't it? Well, maybe Old English and I don't know. Gosh, that's a whole other area. Not one for us. Uh, not one for us. And the rude screen, you could see through it. Like if you think, well, I'm thinking of kind of European churches where there's more survived, but it's usually wood or maybe wrought iron or stone, but you can kind of see through it, but it provides a, so it will be wood, but with holes carved in and things. And it always has what's called the great rude, which is a big crucifix (laughs) on it. And then maybe you have also some other figures, again, like the Virgin Mary and uh, St. Peter, whatever. So that's what you would have. And then the doom painting would be on the altar wall behind the rood. So for you, the layperson, sitting at your in your sermon... You're just seeing a few details. You would the see the rood screen, and beyond that on the wall, you would get glimpses of, of, the, of the doom, depending on the design and things. And you would also have this massive Jesus crucifix that was kind of towering in your vision as well. So what that means is on some doom paintings, there's the whole thing will be painted, the whole wall will be painted, but they won't put many details in that middle bit where the cross would be. Right. Because that would be blocking your view. Exactly. The Weniston doom uh, is quite unusual because you can see on it that the panel painting these wooden panels and the rood the great rood were actually combined so when what you can see on it is that there's bare wood in the middle in the shape uh, of a cross so it would so have it had, lines up it, it no it would have just been stuck on oh i see what you mean so there wasn't a separate cross no so right. it wasn't separate so on the the kind of semicircle shape you would have had the wooden cross affixed so the composition is quite different uh, because you can't have Jesus in the top, in the middle at the top, because that would be where the top of the cross was. Right. So Jesus has to go on one side, and then Mary and John have to go on the other side rather than flanking Jesus. Right. And you can see bare wood in the middle, which would have been the cross. And you can see bare spaces, which would have been other figures, uh, which in the Reformation, torn off. Oh, really? Yeah. These don't exist. Torn off. Not going to really try and get into the Reformation because that's the whole massive thing. But briefly, it was when countries in Europe, including Britain, were moving away from the Catholic Church towards other kinds of Christianity. Churches that allowed you to divorce your wife. Well, (laughs) that wasn't the whole story. (laughs) Uh, There was also um, a lot of discomfort with the what was seen as being the kind of insane opulence of the Catholic Church. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, and with this hierarchy where clergymen were put on this massive um, pedestal and everyone else was just shit munchers. So it was, it was different things. So during the Reformation, a lot of the Catholic elements were removed. So the Virgin Mary, obviously big in Catholicism, take her off. Don't want these massive, opulent, rude screens going on. Don't want the people separated from the clergy. We want to be more visible. Uh, We want to be more accessible. As a result, not a single medieval rude remains in this country. Right. All destroyed. Wow. In the Reformation. No messing about. No. And so the 
cross and the figures from the Weniston doom would have been removed and destroyed yeah. and the painting would have been just covered over, right. yeah. whitewashed. Think of that. Vandals. It's artistically interesting and it's also historically mm. significant because you can really see the events of history in, in what happened to it. But I think that one of the reasons that the colours have stayed so strong is because of it being whitewashed. Yeah, so it was never in direct sunlight or um, subjected to any of the things that would otherwise have diminished the colour. Are you allowed sun in churches? I mean, they've got windows. Stained, though. Mm, yeah, but they still feel there's a light through. I will also apologise if I'm sure there's misfacts, misinformation in my very horrifyingly brief description of the Reformation. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry about that. <laughs> Rude screens started, to, some got reintroduced by um, Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Uh, who, of course, wanted to restore Catholicism. So she started to bring back some of those features of Catholic churches like Catholicism. Elizabeth came in. She was like, no, take these out again. <laughs> so What to do. What to do. But you will see you will see a lot more of them in European countries where Catholicism mm. is, still, is still very prevalent. So what can we see? In the images, I will is, tell you. And is it still there today? Oh, yes, it's there. Right. Sorry, yes, it got put back in. It got reassembled. But you, the figures didn't go back because they were nowhere yeah, to be found. Yeah. So you can see that bare wood in the shape of the cross. So as I said, it's really small. So he's. we don't know who painted it. We don't know the artist. But they got a lot in. Christ is on the left at the top. He's on a ra- sitting on a rainbow. It's nice, He's an isn't it? LGBT plus Christ. Yeah, or a pro NHS Christ. <laughs> <laughs> He's up there sitting on a rainbow, lovely. Um, and next to him is what I thought was a wagon wheel, but apparently <laughs> they didn't have wagon wheels in the 1500s. <laughs> Come on. It's oh, a... hang on. Do you mean an actual wheel of a wagon? Yeah, I mean. Sorry, a... I was thinking it was a chocolate. I used to think that a wagon wheel was a a, a round burger, like a meat <laughs> a meat snack. <laughs> A meat snack covered in chocolate. No, because I didn't know it had chocolate on it. You just saw it from a distance and went, oh, no. it's a brown disc. When I saw the adverts when I was little, oh. I thought that a wagon wheel was um, a kind of a disc version of like a pepperami snack. <laughs> so I thought it was processed meat in a in a burger shape just to snack on. I didn't well, know about chocolate. Either way, Christ didn't have one of those. What is a wagon wheel? It's I know, like, I know um, now that it's not a disc of meat. Oh, it's, it's like cardboard with jam between it, covered in chocolate. <laughs> I don't know what. I guess it's like a kind of biscuit, oh, but it's very. It's kind of chewy and dense, terrible. and it's got biscuit, um, jam, and marshmallow. Mm. Like I imagine, like you know, like a tonics tea cake. Yeah. Imagine if a tonics tea cake was made flat and wide, <laughs> and with jam in it. Yeah, but with a solid bit <laughs> around both sides. Awful. It wasn't one of those wagon wheels. No. Sorry. And then, nor was it an actual wagon wheel. It's, in fact, the sun with some rays coming oh, out. Oh, okay, yeah. Mary and John the Baptist are on the other side at the top. Heaven is down below, kind of where Jesus is. Looks a bit boring. Mm. There's a naked figure going through some gates, and beyond the gates you can see a kindly angel. And I have to say, the face is really kindly. Oh, the artist has done a good job. Really good job, considering how long ago it was painted, it survived all this time. Yeah. The expression is really good. I have to give it to them. Right. 
They've done their work in really terms of, work. you know, wanting to entice you into the yeah, kingdom of heaven. really good work. Um, and then next to that is St. Peter. He's got the keys to heaven. Yeah. Classic. Jangling them like a classic jailer. <laughs> ching, ching, ching. Or enticingly, he kind of shakes them <laughs> about. And he's going to admit four figures. They're all naked, but they are wearing hats. <laughs> is it like a, a Sunday best kind of idea? The hats show who they are. They are a king, a queen, the Pope and a Cardinal. So whoever it was in the 1500s was just getting their kicks by painting what they imagined the Queen looked like with no clothes on, right? <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> I When I read that, I was like, oh, those fucking bastards pretending that your souls are being judged properly. But really what's happening is the Pope, a Cardinal, a King and a Queen are going into heaven. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's all about status. Oh, and aspiration. Yeah, so you can see why that didn't go down very well in the Reformation. Paint it over. Well, because the whole thing is getting away from the Pope, isn't it? Yeah. You don't want the Pope there. No. Pride of place. Judging about with St. Peter. Just wearing his hat. Just hat, hat on, clothes off. I imagine them now doing a kind of full Monty style routine where the hats are used to uh, cover their dignity. Oh the, Pope's, the Pope's just got a mitre in front of his balls. The hats are on their head. <laughs> and then as we move... To the other side of the painting, right middle, is the Archangel Michael. And this is a fun bit. Uh, his cheeks are super rosy. Right. Big red rosy cheeks. He's got a big sword. That's his thing. He's judging a soul, by which I mean he's got some scales. Yeah. And in one of the little scoopers is a small naked person. In the other little scooper are lots of tiny demons. So if your soul weighs more or less than a bunch of demons well either in or out the demons represent your sins yeah so you're weighing up are the sins heavier but importantly chris because this is catholicism it's your unreconciled sins oh so if you haven't said sorry yeah exactly so if you've said sorry fine those (laughs) sins don't go in there so they weigh the souls up that's what michael's doing and right next to michael is a, a fun satan He's, he's ready of, to take the ones that don't... Yeah, uh, he's... he. Well, I think it's, he's just checking Michael's not cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Satan famously was a, uh, a real stickler for the rules, wasn't he? He needs to make sure things are being done fairly. But then I thought, would Satan, would Satan be concerned that Michael was sending too many souls to hell? No, Satan so he, wants all the souls he can have. That's his whole game. So he's worried Michael's trying to steal yeah, souls for exactly, heaven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, you've just gone like, you know, half a sin over the official uh, <laughs> regulated weight, but I'm, but I'm in the forgiving mood. Okay. So. Yeah. And he's a fun devil. He's grey. He's got a big nose, big ears, horns. His knees are really tufty, like a goat. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's fun. Uh, and then on the other side of them, hell is here. It's a good one. It's He can't go full on the nine circles. No, not much space. But the main motif of it is a. a a huge jaws of a monster, which I can't tell what kind. It's got horns, it's got nostrils. <laughs> it might be a bit fishy in one aspect, okay. but also a bit like a lion in another aspect. Mm. And he's there, his mouth is wide open, and there's all people standing inside his jaws. And he's the jaws of hell. Right. He's the hell mouth. The uh, there's hell mouth. some devils and um, holding a chain, which is stopping all the people getting out of the hell mouth. Because they're probably trying to escape. Yeah. But you can't. No. You can't do it. And then on on the snout of the monster is another little demon. And he's playing a big, windy old trumpet or something. Probably a serpent. Yeah, it looks like that a serpent. That would be the appropriate uh, instrument yeah, to play so for a devil in like hell. Yeah, so it's like a S shape. 
so he's playing a serpent. Pa, pa, pa. <laughs> Probably he's playing something really discordant, though. <laughs> Microtonal. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing some minimalist music from the 1960s. <laughs> Is that when the minimalists came? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 50s, 60s. But um, they were not um, atonal. No. Necessarily. Okay. Oh, dear. Sorry, now's not the time. I've strayed from my area of expertise, <laughs> demons playing horns, to uh, <laughs> to classical music of the 20th century. Disaster. Uh, but it's so it's quite, it's not loads of um, stuff going on, but it's like a nice depiction, clear, yeah, you know, yeah. this is the stuff. The message, the message is clear. Yeah, the message is clear. And then also kind of around, dotted about, are some people coming out of their graves. <laughs> not like zombies. Oh, you not can't... just a hand bursting through the earth. <laughs> um, but kind of, they're like coming out of the of the earth and they're going to be judged next. So maybe the horn is like, pa, pa, pa. It's calling them forth. Yeah, come out. Pa, pa, pa. Pa, pa, pa. That was a bit more yeah, yeah, yeah. how you might bit think the horn would be. Yeah, so it's good. So you can still go and see it. Think of the list of things we need to see once lockdown finishes. God, it's crazy, isn't it? We're really building them up. Yeah. There is also a doom which has been revealed in Chesterton, which is Cambridge City, in a church I can't remember the name of. And I looked, and it looks quite fun because there's a devil with some reading glasses on. But it's very, compared to the Weniston doom, it's very faint Mm. and a lot of it's kind of rubbed away. So you can't get a real good look. At it. And that's in an active church, well as Weniston is. Yeah, so that's my words of knowledge about Doom. We've learned all about Doom. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah. I kind of I like the idea that the Weniston Doom, I, I, I thought maybe it might be like a period in time, like ah. in which there was a particular, you know, nasty effect on the people of Weniston or something like that. But oh, that would be nice. Art is fine. Art is fine. I thought it was quite... Fun art, isn't it? Yeah. I'm. I mean, I'm not religious, as I've said, but We've all I. Said that. I really like. I like the, all the iconography of heaven and hell, especially hell, because yeah. that's the fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's the fun stuff to witness. Yeah. You wouldn't want to be uh, <laughs> engaged in it. Um, Please take that stick out of my bum. You know that kind of thing. I always a stick up the bum in hell. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, I think that says more about the. Um, heteronormative attitudes of modern day right. is that what we imagine about hell is a stick up the well, bum. Well, not even the modern day. The heteronormative attitudes of the 1500s. Yeah. But yeah, they did some they did some good hell stuff. I think the more religious you are, maybe the better you are at thinking of things that might happen in hell. Because that's all you think. You're, you're like tormented at night by thoughts of hell, right. aren't you? I suppose so, yeah. I mean, it's very hard for us to say, isn't we it? We don't know. You're tormented at night by dreams of Going crawling in a into a digger yeah. and getting squashed. As we've learned. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was fun. So that was my experimental foyer into foray, not foyer. <laughs> a foyer is different. Too much talk about architecture. <laughs> Too much brandy. Too much brandy and beer. The classic combination of brandy and beer on <laughs> a Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah, so that's little, a little bit of art for you thanks it's a nice change isn't it yeah it is yeah Yeah. Yeah, I feel I'm actually quite well educated now do you you feel we've gone highbrow I've learned something we've gone really highbrow we only had a tiny bit of talk about going through the devil's intestines (laughs) (laughs) and getting shat out Um, thank you Emily for that suggestion it was a good un I think we'll call it a day there we're feeling a bit a bit sweaty and drunk yeah take care everyone and see you next time I'll try and find something especially lowbrow just to contrast with this Okay, bye-bye.